We are starting a brand new series today called Steps of Victory. And where we're going to be going in this series is, is really looking at the book of Joshua. Um, the first six chapters or so is where we're going to be camping out during the next few weeks. So if you have your Bible with you, you can turn today to Joshua chapter 1. Also, we have sermon notes that are, are available through the Bible app. And so they're on the, on the walls as the Wi-Fi access. If you want to download the Bible app or if you already have it, you can go to the More button, click on Events, and you should see Freedom Church pop up on there. And you'll have some sermon notes in there as well. It's available um, every week. But we'll have the notes along here as well. I want to start in uh, chapter 1, verse 1 of Joshua. And it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' is aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now we have all inherited things in our lives, some things good, some things not so good, some things that we didn't really want or, or ask for. Maybe for you it might be in the genetics. I know I didn't wish or ask for the height that I was given that I inherited. I wish I had another foot. Um, to, to go on, but 5'7", that's about where my, where I, my family bloodline goes. Maybe for you, things you inherited from your genetics or family, maybe it's your, your health or metabolism. I wish we would have had something better. I know I wish I didn't inherit the uh, balding pattern that's going on back here, but hey, that happens. Sometimes we inherit something that we didn't want or ask for in a situation. Maybe it's not in our genetics, but a situation came across our lap and um, it's a mess. I had a situation uh, a couple years ago. Jeremiah and I were together one evening. We had just finished eating an awesome dinner, an awesome meal. So, and we are uh, sitting in the rocking chair and are reading a book to, to Jeremiah. So we're having some good father-son time together. And then he starts to get the hiccups. And... Nothing really too uh, worrisome about the hiccups until the hiccup got so powerful and forceful that after this large meal that we just had, um, he vomited um, all over me and him. It was so fast, there was nowhere really to go, and we just had a large meal, so it just continued to go, and we realized in the circumstance to actually get him up and move was actually going to cause more of a mess, and so the position I was in and he was in was to just sit there and take it. Uh, anybody in here a sympathy vomiter? Okay, we're kind of already kind of getting, you see someone else throw up and you're um, We all have messes that come our way in life that we wish maybe didn't come, but then there they are. Um, I would argue that if there's no mess, I heard someone say, if there's no mess, there's no meaning. If there's no mess, no meaning. I wish my two-year-old didn't make a mess by drawing with markers on the walls. But it also shows that there's life that's going on in our house. No mess, no meaning. It has an opportunity for me to show that I'm his dad, and no matter the mess that he makes, I'm still his dad. No mess, no meaning. We all have messes in our lives. And Israel, in this situation, found themselves in the middle of a mess. 
Moses was dead. Their leader had dead. If you don't have any background on this, that's fine. I'll give you the, the I'll try to give you a very quick version. Abraham, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, God promised to a guy named Abraham, said, hey, this land, Canaan, one day will be yours, your descendants. You're going to have children. You're going to have so many children. They're going to have children. It's going to birth this nation. And this land, Canaan, will one day be yours, known as the promised land, because God promised them the land. Well, several years go by. They still don't have the land. And Israel, that nation birthed out of Abraham, was in slavery in Egypt. They're in Egypt for hundreds of years. And then God, fast forward, God calls Moses, a man named Moses, to say, hey, you are going to lead this nation out of slavery, out of bondage, out of Egypt, and into the promised land. I'm calling you, now is the time, and we're going to go and take the promised land that I promised to Abraham. Moses follows God's lead, and you get the ten plagues and, and all that sort of stuff, and they lead out until Israel gets right up to the promised land, and they vomit all over themselves. <laughs> they, they get there, they spy out the land. Joshua is one of twelve men that go into the promised land. They go and scout it out. Hey, we've been hearing about this promised land forever. Let's go look. And it's great. It's wonderful. It's, it's exactly what God promised, except there were people there. And not just anybody, but a, 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 a large group of people that had strength and might, and it was going to take some work. They weren't just going to take the, the God just wasn't going to give it to them. It was going to take some work, and they rejected that. God said, okay, you don't want it. You don't have to take it. And Israel spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness, out of slavery, but not yet in the promised land, and wandering. And now Moses, the leader, had died. What do we do? Where do we go? We're in the middle of a mistake. The previous generation made a mistake. They messed up. There was a mess. And now they're, they're, they're wandering. They're confused. They're refugees without a leader. You can imagine being in this position, in this mess, saying that our generation didn't cause this, God. Now what do we do? And at the same time, I would say, along with the mess, while they were in the middle of a mess, they were also right on the verge of a miracle. So turn to your neighbor and give them the title of our message today, A Mess and a Miracle. You can say that to the person next to you. A mess and a miracle. You can be in the middle of both at the same time. Too often in our lives, we get so sidetracked with the mess, the physical thing that is in front of us, and I don't know what that represents for you today. It could be a relationship, could be health, could be finances, but we have this mess that we did not want, that we did not ask for. Maybe, maybe we caused it, maybe somebody else caused it, but there it is. But God embraces your mess. He embraces our, our mess, and he wants to work through it to give it some meaning. And too often we just see the mess, and we miss the meaning of what God's trying to do in us and through us in that. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, 
Get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I, prom as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will ever, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. What do we do with our mess? We need to view it as God views it. We need to view our future as God sees our future. He embraced it and he said, now is the time you're going to go. I have a destination for you. It is the promised land. And he said, now then, today, now then, you and these people get ready. In the King James Version, it actually kind of nails the, the thought of this phrase a little bit more accurately. It says, now therefore, arise. Heard a pastor a few weeks ago say, hey, if you want to be a difference maker, get back up when you're in the middle of the mess. And he says, now, Joshua, arise. I've got something better for you. I'll be honest. When we are in the middle of a mess, it is so hard to see the future in the destination when it is right smack dab in front of you. Freedom Church, as God was stirring things in my heart over the past few years, I'll just be honest, there was so much discouragement and fear and frustration and just things that were going on in my life, I didn't want to rise up. I wanted to give up. When we're facing the mess, the temptation is to give up. And God is saying, no, 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 I got more for you. Rise up, Joshua. Rise up. This passage of Scripture was one of the main reasons we are, we are working on it. Because for the past three years, God has been pounding and pounding and pounding Joshua 1 through 6 into my heart, into my life, and it has impacted me greatly. The reason we're here today is, is not that I'm Joshua leading, but God is just saying, get up, Mike. Get up. And my frustration and my discouragement, get up. I got more for you. This is not it. Now, arise. It's so hard when the mess is in us in our face for us to get back up and see the future. And it's also hard to get back up and see our future when all that's in us is our past. Because we have some beautiful things in our past, but what? we also have some, some messy things, some ugly things that just are, are in our past. I grew up in a small town in, in Missouri, Montgomery City, Missouri. 1,000 people, 2,000 people in the town. My dad was the eighth grade health teacher. In a town that size, if you were in the eighth grade, you just had Mr. Break for health class. There was no one else. So for me, what that meant was eighth grade, I'm in class with my dad, Mr. Break, which also means all my buddies, eighth grade, we're all in class with Mr. Break, my dad, which also means in every health class that you ever take, you have two weeks on sex education, <laughs> which means I'm sitting there with my buddies and my dad for two weeks listening to him teach sex education. You can laugh at my pain and my misery and my mess. 
But on a more serious note, there's some things in our past that are just there. Abuse. You see a headline on the news. You hear a word and it triggers. Divorce. And it's there. And it's in our past. There's pain or shame or a loss. And they're just there. God, God says now, today, arise. Despite what's going on. Despite, Joshua, the mess that was made, arise. Joshua, think about him as a leader. He and Caleb were the only two spies that scouted out the land and said, we can do it. I know there's a great enemy. I know they're strong. I know they're big. But we can do it. Why? Because God's with us. We can do this. And everybody said, no, 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 no. And for 40 years, Joshua and Caleb had to live with the consequences that they did not choose. Imagine the pain physically, mentally, relationally, spiritually, emotionally that they went through knowing we didn't have to go this route. I'm sure, I'm sure they wanted to give up because they're in the exact, exact same point 40 years later. Now God says no. Despite the past, I still love you. I'm still faithful to my promises. Get up and let's go. We've got a destination to go to. We've got to see our future as God sees it. And it's not here. He's got more. If you're still alive, he's not done. And he wants to use your mess for good. We also need to see God. You need to see yourself as God sees you. You need to see yourself as God sees you. Israel, they were slaves in Egypt. Now they were homeless. They are wandering. They had made a mistake. And God's saying, hey, I've given you victory. You're... Wait, we've never known victory. We, we don't know. We're, we're supposed to, to live like we're this, this victorious nation. But look what our track record is. That's not how God solved it. He, he, he knew their track record and said, You've won. Why? Because I'm giving you this victory. Joshua. In verse 1 it says, Joshua, Moses' aid. But God said, Joshua, I see you are the leader of a nation. I know you were an aid, but you are the leader of a nation. I wonder about you. Honestly. How do you view yourself? We have voices that come at us. The enemy wants to accuse you of your past and your mistakes and shame you. You have other people that may have criticized you in your past. Parents, loved ones, friends that have rejected you, but you are not who they say you are. And the biggest critic in your life is the one that's in the mirror. The voice that you hear that's saying, you, you failed your kids. Oh, you messed up as a husband, and you've, you're not the husband that you wanted to be, and you failed there, and you've, you failed God. You're, think of your relationship with God. You failed that. You know that it's nowhere near where you want to be, and that voice in our head. What voices are you listening to? How do you view Yourself. Do you listen to the other voices of the enemy, the critics, or yourself? 
or do you listen to the voice of life, of God, who says, I see you as victorious. I see you as forgiven. I see you as chosen, as valued, as loved. God goes on not only to tell them, hey, you're going to have the promised land. Your future is good. I'm with you, so you're good. But he also gives them the cheat code on how they are going to enter into this land. <laughs> now, I, we have a slide here. Does anybody know what this is? If you know what this is, you know what this is, right? We're kind of on the, the same level, okay? And if you wanted for two players, what did you have to do? Of the guys who know. Be a start select, right? Contra Nintendo, come on. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start, and you had this, the, the weapon of choice in Contra Nintendo that you could wipe out everything and just walk through. It was like having Bo Jackson in Super Tech Mobile. You could not tackle him. You guys have no clue what I'm talking about? That's fine. There's like a few people in my generation that you know what's going on here. If you're a Fortnite fan, it would be like having the God cheat code in Fortnite where you have like the layout of the land, you know where everyone's at, you got like an invisibility cloak, and you can just mow everyone down. <laughs> cheat codes. God gives him a cheat code on how they're going to take this land. In verse 7, this is a cheat code to life. This is so huge. If you nail this one down, I'm telling you, I, I can just end it here. It says, in seven, be strong and very courageous. And here's, here's the code. Here's the code. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Anybody want to be successful wherever you go? Amen. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Don't just read it. Speak it. Meditate it. Meditate on it day and night. Think about it. So you may be careful to do it. Everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The cheat code on how they are going to make it into the promised land. Now if I'm Joshua, thinking, God, I don't necessarily need scripture. Because I've been to the promised land. I saw what was there. I don't need scripture, I need strategy, like military strategy. I don't need scripture, I need strength. I need weapons. We're, we need some physical stuff here, God. He said, no, 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 no. Behind every physical mess, behind every physical battle you face, behind every relational battle you face, behind every mental battle you face, it is a spiritual battle in disguise. The mess you're facing right now, the physical part of it that you can see is tangible. It's a spiritual battle in disguise. Success in God's eyes is different from the world. And he, he lays that out for him then here. And if we want to take our steps of victory, we're going to have to see success as God sees success. Jesus 
by earthly standards, was a failure. He had a huge following of people. Massive following of people. But when he died, you could count the people at, at his death on the cross on one hand. By earthly standards, Jesus was a failure. But in God's eyes, it was the greatest act in all of history. Success, in God's eyes, has nothing to do with worldly standards. And that's what he is pointing out. If I have nothing else to say to you guys, if I were to just get wiped out today, you're like, what would Mike want me to know moving forward? It would be seek God and obey him, and you will never fail. Seek God, obey him, and you will never fail. That's the success. We want success, victory in God's eyes. And that's what he basically tells him. He's like, here's the win, Joshua. Here's the win. Seek me and obey me. How do you seek them? Environments. What environments are you putting yourself in to hear from God? He is alive. He has a plan and a purpose and a destination for you. But what environments are you placing yourself in to hear from God? You can study his scripture, which is good. You can, you're here, which is great. Hopefully this is an environment where you can connect and hear from God. Small groups, freedom groups are another place where you can, can hear from God. Are you placing yourself in environments to hear from God? And I would say even more important than that, even more important than that, what's the environment of your heart? Are you open to hearing from God? Because I can open up the Bible all day long. You can go to church all day long. But if the environment of your heart is, is rock solid to where nothing's going to penetrate, God can speak all day long and you're not going to hear him. He's moving, but you've got blinders on and you can't see him. What's the environment of your heart? Environments. God will speak. But that's not enough, is it? That's not enough for victory. God's going to speak when you allow him to, but he's going to ask you to take steps of faith. And that's where the victory is won. You hear God, and then you take your next step of faith. That's what we're about here at Freedom Church, helping people take the next step in the relationship with Jesus together. And you will never fail. And you will never fail. So what's holding you back from embracing God's promises in your life? What, 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 what holds you back from, from really surrendering and following God. I think the challenge today is to be honest about what fears you have about really selling out to God. What, what discouragements really keep you from living this thing out? Because he says three times in this passage to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. What has you discouraged? What has you afraid to really, truly sell out to God? Are there areas where you are resisting, where he's calling you to take a next step, and you're saying, ah... Oh, if I just knew we were going to be successful, if you would just give it to me, God, if I didn't have to actually do anything. But he's saying, no, it's a process. Because this whole journey, as we're going to see, 
they're going to have to take steps of faith in order to get the blessing that God has. See, God's presence, if you're a Christian, he, his, his, his presence is there. It's automatic, and He's with you. But His blessings are within reach. You just have to take those steps. He wants to pour out blessing and success and prosperity in your life. You may be thinking, yes, money, prosperity, yes, I like those things. It could be. But God, more, again, this is not a physical thing. It is spiritual. The, the blessings and the prosperity that God wants to overflow in your life is His will. You follow Him, and he, His kingdom will overflow in you and through you, and it's going to expand and prosper, and that's what He is about. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, when you take those steps, you will find God, and you will find freedom. It's way better than money. The spiritual side is what we're all seeking, and that's what He wants to, um, that's what He wants us to have. So, so, this is the invitation today. Your fear, your discouragement, your, your resistance to where, ah, oh, I don't know, I would follow God, but that, that area. That's an invitation to God's blessings. That is the area, that is the invitation where God's saying, hey, if you take this next step on the other side of that, is success, is, is blessing from God, do not be afraid or discouraged. Do not give up. Rise up. I know what you've been through. I know who you think you are. But that's not where you're going. That's not who you are. If God says you're forgiven, you're forgiven. If God says you are chosen, you are chosen. If God says you have victory, you have won. Your step of victory is rising up rising up and operating out of God's word. He says, it's my word that's going to give you life. It's my word that's going to give you victory. Meditate on it. Speak it. Live it. And you will su succeed. They were in the middle of a miracle. They were also in the middle of a mess. God's saying, let's get up and go. Let's get up and go. For you, you may be facing a mess today. But I believe, following God, you might be right on the verge of a, of a miracle. And when I, say, when I say miracle, yeah, there's miraculous healings and different things like that. But also this thing, the divine intervention of God in your life and Him working through you is a, is a miracle. And, and in Joshua, it, it, there's some things that happen just like that. But there's also uh, years, decades. It, it spans like 40 or 50 years, the book of Joshua. So there's a lifelong process that's going on, and it's all a miracle that God was giving them this land that they did not deserve, but he was giving it to them. I'll encourage you today, whatever that mess is, embrace it. Embrace it. I don't want it, but don't blame others for it. Don't run from it. Don't complain about it. Embrace it. Why? Because that's, that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did for your mess and my mess and all of our mess. He just dove right into it. And he embraced it. And he said, I love you. I will dive into this mess for you because I want a relationship with you. See, victory was not about the physical. Victory was about a relationship. You can embrace your mess today. Not that it's fun. Oh, yeah, I'm great. I got this mess. No. 
God wants to use it to make you, be make you better. He wants to use it to give you victory. And not only to give you victory, but to see other people around you. If we don't deal with our mess, if we don't embrace our, our mess, some, some things need to die with the previous generation. You may have inherited anger, bitterness, or unforgiveness from the previous generation. You're like, how does that work? Again, it's the spiritual side of things. It's not this DNA physical thing, but spiritually, the generation didn't handle it, handle it, and you're not dealing with it, you run the risk of passing that on to the kids and saying, well, you guys are going to have to deal with this unforgiveness that I can't get over. You're going to have to deal with this gossiping that I can't get over. You're going to have to deal with this anger and bitterness because I'm not going to deal with it. And you're going to pass that on to them. Or you can say, with, just, with this generation, I'm going to rise up and embrace the mess. And we're going to see the victory that God can cause in that. There's more at stake. There's more at stake in dealing with your mess and embracing it than just the here and the now. Jesus came to earth. Jesus came to earth to embrace the mess. He, he said something very similar. After he died, after he conquered death, he gave his disciples, which is us, a commandment. He said, therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The same thing God promised Joshua, Jesus promises you and I. No matter what you're facing, no matter, no matter what has you discouraged, no matter what has you afraid, He's with you. And because He's with you, you can rise up, you can have courage, and you can take your next step. Let's pray together.